Beautiful Not Broken, your weekly inspirational hit of solid advice and life stories coming to you to help you rebuild from rock bottom. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Beautiful Not Broken. How are you today? I hope you're good. I hope you are moving through whatever it is that's making you feel a bit shit. Maybe you're not feeling shit. Maybe you're just listening to this because you love hearing my voice and feeling inspired after listening. Well, today is a heavy topic, a trigger warning on it because it is about mental health. And obviously mental health is a tricky topic for a lot of people. It's hard for them to listen about it and it can be really, yeah, triggering. So trigger warning. Today I felt inspired to record this and it's not even my normal recording day actually. It's a little bit of insight into me. I try to obviously schedule my life but today I felt so, I felt like this was such an important message to record because it came up again for me and someone that I know feeling shame around their mental health battle and inability to talk about it and not even inability but the want to talk about it was not there because they felt like if someone listened to it or read it in their family, they would be so afraid of what that person would think and what they would say that they just didn't even want to breach it. And I understand this because I was once there. So as you know, because I've spoken about it in other episodes, I lived with crippling anxiety for many, many years, and I have had a history of reoccurring depression. My depression, they're not really sure if it's actually caused often by my thyroid issue that I have, so it could actually be an underlying medical thing. I'm kind of looking into that some more now, me personally, because I've had the amazing space open up to really work on myself at this time in my life. So I've taken that opportunity and I'm working with some amazing people to make sure I'm the healthiest I can be mentally, physically, everything. Um, But yeah, so for me, I've lived with this anxiety and depression my whole life, pretty much my whole life. It it started uh, presenting itself in my teens and then obviously in my early 20s, the anxiety was just out of control. I felt so, I just felt it. Like I had nothing in my life I was in control of anymore. I didn't know how I was going to show up to anything. And pretty much I knew that if I left the house and sometimes I didn't even need to leave the house, I was going to have a panic attack. And that could result in me needing to find a toilet really, really quickly, or it could be just a head spin. There was, there was no, no way to really gauge what was going to happen. And yeah, it was, it was a shit time, literally and metaphorically. so after having lived with this for a long time I was in denial that I had mental health issues I was really really quick to say that it had to be something else because I wasn't you know I wasn't weak (laughs) horrid wording right I know now how stupid that is but at the time yeah I genuinely thought I was weak I'd always been told that if you had mental health issues or something really really wrong with you no you're human we all have a brain. If you had a broken leg, would you put a cut like you'd put it in a cast? You would. And you'd fix that shit. And yet with our mental health, it's considered so different. It's really fucking easy to break our brains. 
they're really fragile. And we're taking in so much information these days that it's just unlikely that there is anyone out there without mental health issues. Like I just refuse to believe there's anyone that's walking around perfectly fine all the time. You know, like at some point in their life, they probably have had a form of anxiety or maybe even a form of depression. That's the thing. These things aren't life sentences. For me, they kind of are because I'm, yeah, I'm just, that's just the way I am. And it's cool because I know my triggers and I know what a panic attack feels like for me. And I know exactly how to breathe my way out of one, uh, which is really powerful, learning all those things. But back to what I really wanted to talk to today, and that was this shame around talking about it. We know that literally one in three Australians, this is statistically, right? One in three Australians are going to deal with a mental health issue at some point in their life. One in three. So, like, that's a lot of people. And if we're going to be really honest, that's one in three people that report it. It's one in one. So the person that you saw last is probably at some point in their life dealt with some form of anxiety, some form of depression, some sort of form of something. Because we all have a brain and it's really easy, as I said, with what's going on in life to get overwhelmed, to get stressed. These are all versions of mild anxiety. <laughs> like it's out there and we need to start talking about it as if it's really fucking normal because it is really fucking normal. Sorry for swearing. You all know I get sweary. So this shame, especially I think, I know for me the hardest thing was really talking about my depression because everyone knew about my anxiety because I couldn't hide it half the time. And yet people just knew it was a part of me. They never knew the extent of it. I hid that pretty well. And I got ridiculed a lot for a lot of things I couldn't do because of my anxiety. And people People are just, I don't know, people can be real assholes when they don't empathize with you. Let me just say that. You know, I couldn't get on public transport and no one empathized with that. No one tried to help me with it. No one, yeah, that was a really big one for me. And I'll always remember literally being on buses because I'd been forced onto them. I was sitting there just wanting to die. I literally just wanted it to end. And until you've been in that situation, you can't explain to someone how that feels. That like, oh, I can't, it, it's this rush. And then it's this feeling of, I just can't be here. And well, should I get off at the next stop? Should I, should I get off? Like, you know, what, what if I do need to, shit, what if I, I need to pee? The needing to pee one is real. I would pee like no less than three times before I'd exit the house if I knew I had to get on public transport and then I would think about how long the trip would take while being on the bus, I would check the Opal app maybe five times. The Opal app, if for anyone that's not living in Australia or Sydney, Opal is like our transport app and it tells you how long the bus trip's going to be, tells you how long all of the things, whether you're on time and all of that stuff. So I would literally like put in Opal the next stop and see how far we still had to travel. I would like to point out that most of the time when I got off the bus, that's fine. I didn't actually even need to go to the toilet for another few hours, but it was just that fear around it. And it was awful. And I had no support. <laughs> None. And it was a really shitty time in my life and it was really challenging. And I look back now and I'm still 
challenged by the thoughts I have around that. And the depression side of things, I think I hate this for so long as a teenager and as a young adult. I didn't talk about it because there was this culture of, well, people just use depression to get attention. (laughs) Amazing, right? Why the fuck would you do that? And I think there was that, so I never spoke about mine because I didn't want people to think it was attention-seeking or attention-grabbing. I didn't want to be ridiculed for it. I didn't want to be judged. So I just left it, and it was really bad. And it came up at awful times, and it created a wedge between me and boyfriends and just me and friends. It made me act in ways that weren't me, and it was all just... The way that I, the way that I felt about myself, it was horrible. And yeah, I had suicidal ideation. I've spoken about that before. I would never have spoken about that a year ago. Maybe a year, no, even a year ago, I wouldn't have. Would not have mentioned that to anyone. I would have said, oh yeah, I had depression. I never, ever spoke about how bad it got and how often I would picture driving my car into a tree into someone else. And it's, it's really hard. I've written some really, really hard sentences and really hard paragraphs around this since journaling, writing my book, all of the things, but being really blunt and honest with how that period of my life looked and the fact that it wasn't even that long ago. Like, let's talk. I revisited that kind of depression in 2019 and I had on paper what looked like the perfect life, but I didn't, did I? I really didn't actually. And to think now that I've started talking about it, I had someone say to me, are you afraid to talk about these things because it will impact your business? And that was shocking to me. I thought to myself, how does me having depression, anxiety, affect my my ability to show up in my business. I have done a bloody good job for 13 years of owning my career, excelling my career, excelling my career when my anxiety was at a level that it was unbelievable I was still showing up to work, to be honest. And I still sat in important meetings, making important decisions, doing all of the things, growing myself, my career, everything. I was, you know, getting headhunted. I was being hired on the spot. I was still excelling, even though I had this mental health issue. And it is ridiculous to think that just because we're struggling with anxiety or depression, that we can't be at the top of our game. Yeah, we're probably not at the top of our game because half our brain is like being broken by this horrible thing going on in it. But I would hate to think, no, actually, I, wouldn't, I don't even care if someone judges me and says, how could she possibly run a business when she's got, you know, or had depression and anxiety? I run a business fine. Thank you for, thank you for your concern. If you're really that concerned, please go use the other marketer because I want to be able to work with fellow humans that have experienced human things because every single one of my clients has had a period in their life where their life hasn't been perfect and they're perfectly happy to talk about it because they know that that's where their growth started. 
those periods that were really fucking hard were where they questioned their life and they made big decisions to change it. And I'm exactly the same. I sat in avoidance, as you know, I've done a whole episode on it. I have sat in avoidance for so long about so many things because of the fear of being judged, because of the fear of moving through it, because of the fear of facing it. And it's there's no time in life to fear this shit and to let it control you and to let other people's opinions of what you've gone through stop you from telling your story and helping someone else. Because I believe that we have a duty. If we're healed, we've worked through it. I believe if we can, we have a duty to help other people that can't or aren't there yet and share with them how we made ourselves, you know, happy and made our lives better from this shitty experience. Because guess what? Most of most people are going to go through some form of depression or anxiety in their life and knowing that someone else has walked that path and survived is sometimes all you need to hear. I remember I would Google like, like how to stop my anxiety, like how to get to the other side of it because I couldn't, didn't want to live through it anymore. I Google that often. I found so many people, so many influencers and shit start following on Instagram. I mean, some of them were utter bullshit, but others were amazing and they were, they were inspirational and I loved following them and they gave me hope that there was another side to this pain that I was going through because I sure as shit wasn't getting hope from the people around me because I couldn't even have a conversation with them about how dark my life was getting and how heavy it was. And I think it was, yeah, it was really important that that I had these support networks and people that I could look to. So if you're worried about sharing your story or you don't want to because you're worried about being judged by your family, your friends, or maybe you've never spoken about it or you've never told anyone about how bad it got, if you can and you can put aside the judgment that you're scared of, which, by the way, may may never even come to fruition. Your The judgments other people have might just be in your head. You don't know that someone's going to judge you or judge your story or judge what you've been through. You're guessing. You're guessing what their response is going to be. You're assuming. Remember what assuming does? It makes an ass out of you and me. I love that saying. Oh, I used to use it way too often. Um, but, yeah. So I think if you are in a position where you can tell your story, you're healed from it, you've worked through it, you know your triggers, you know the things, then why wouldn't you try and help someone else with that story? Because I think it's our stories that help us create connection with other people and it's our stories that propel us forward in life. You know, it's we don't grow from the easy times, do we? We grow from the tough shit. And unfortunately, all of us, at some point in our lives, they're going to face some tough shit. I guess it just depends how tough that shit is and how prepared we are for it and how resilient we are to face it. Because there was times I didn't think I would make it to the other side of my anxiety. My anxiety, in a lot of ways, was worse than my depression. Because at least with my depression, I felt like I knew the way out, right? I mean, thankfully, that didn't occur but it felt a lot clearer what the path was 
which it wasn't, but I also knew my triggers. I knew as soon as I started thinking that way, that wasn't me anymore. And that, you know, this other Beck that I genuinely do think of, um, I have like a character for my depression Beck. She's like, she's not cool. <laughs> she's really, she's really not cool. We don't like her, but, uh, she, she comes by occasionally and just taps me on the shoulder and I generally tell her to fuck off and I go to see my therapist and say, Hey, ugly Beck has like checked in again. We need to get rid of her. And then we work, work through the stuff. Like I know when she's come to town, I know when she's set up shop in my brain, but the anxiety stuff is harder because it does come out of the blue. And even for me, like I never could pick now when I'm about to have a panic attack, like I start feeling, I start feeling a little bit frantic, but I will say since meditating and getting and journaling and being really, really diligent with those tasks and really focusing on the things that make me feel better, I haven't had touch wood, a panic attack in a while. And considering I used to get them often three to five times a day, that's <laughs> pretty good to, uh, how long and how many years I've gone without a really serious one. It's, um, yeah, it's a huge win, but I am so grateful that I can talk about it so freely, um, and share my story so openly with people that might need to hear that there is another side to it. But the truth is the other side is there if you're willing to do the work like you, I didn't even go on medication and I'm not saying you shouldn't. I think that I actually say a lot of the time now, I wish they'd put me on meds because it would have obviously speeded, sped up my recovery. I was sick with my anxiety for a really long time, like years, <laughs> much longer than it should have had control of my life. And I'm really surprised I actually didn't suggest medication. Uh, but the cognitive therapy thankfully did help me a lot and it got me through. Um, and that was why when they offered me depression for um, meds for my depression, I actually said no, because I knew that the cognitive therapy worked for me. It doesn't work for everyone. So you just got to know what works for you. And um, yeah, I hope one day when it comes to it and you're healed, I hope you don't feel shame around this time in your life. If you're going through mental health now, or if you've gone through it in the past, I hope you don't feel shame around it. I hope you realize it helps you be a stronger version of you. And that it's a really important part of your life because it's the saying is it's not what happens to you. Oh, I can't think of the saying now, but it's like, it's not what happens to you. It's what happens for you. That's the saying because these things happen for us, right? And shifting that mindset because they don't happen out of the blue for no reason. They happen so we can show up better versions of ourselves. So I feel like I'm kind of waffling now, so I'll let you all get back to your lovely lives. And I hope it's been inspirational. I hope you're having an awesome week. And if you would love, I would love for you to leave me a review. I would absolutely love for you to connect with me and tell me what you're thinking of the pod. Um, tell me if there's any topics that you'd like me to cover. That would be cool. I'd love to do some, <clears throat> something you want to hear about. But please get in touch. You can find me at Beck underscore Chapel on Insta, Chapel Beck on Facebook. And you know that I generally play in Insta more. So reach me there and I hope that we can connect and I hope you have a great week. Thanks, guys.